Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am CL Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. I don't know why this just popped in my head. So I, sometimes I'm thinking like, should I switch up the intro? or not but i remember back in the day our voicemail for our family our mom would get on there singing like this is the white sides and my friends used to make fun or they used to get to singing on the on the voicemail too but let's get into our first world problem today i know how much people love second chances they love second chance stories and our first world problem question is this what is the best second chance story that comes to mind because i know americans we love second chance stories Immediately what pops in my head are like the motivational speakers like E.T. Eric Thomas. If you haven't heard him, go check out one of his videos. That man had you ready to wake up at 6 a.m. and go run a couple miles if you're not even about that life. And he just talked about how he was once homeless and now he's a millionaire. One of the best motivational speakers in the game. Another one is Inky Johnson. He had to have his arm amputated from, from a football injury. One of the best in the game. Love his second chance story. Think about like a Thomas Edison. How many times he failed making the light bulb. Now, there's a second chance story I absolutely hate that people use, and that's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan got cut from the basketball team. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you really think the greatest player of all time got cut from every single team? It's like, no, he got cut from varsity. He played JV. He really wasn't even supposed to be on varsity at the time if you want to go off great. But I, that's one second chance, second chance story I cannot stand. I can't stand it. But I want to hear from you. What is your favorite second chance story? And why? Instagram or Twitter, my handle is championlife23. If you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments right now. What is your favorite second chance story and why? And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode is, Do You Love Second Chance Stories? And I just want you to think about that. Do you love second chance stories? What I found is we usually love second chance stories when we feel like we can relate to that person. We can actually replace ourselves with that person or that story is just so amazing. It's so inspiring. It's so motivating. We usually love that story. Then. Now, what's overlooked, though, is the Bible. The Bible is the greatest love story filled with second and third and fourth chances. And like I said, when we feel like we can relate or we feel like that person has earned forgiveness and done the most with that second chance. We love it. We love the story. And we're going to look at the Bible today and just look at the amount of chances that we are given. And I want you to think about with some of these examples and things that we talk about. Do you ever look a little crazy like that person shouldn't have got a second or a third or fourth chance? They should have been done. The Lord should have been done with them. And then I also want you to put yourself in this and examine it and just be very real on how many chances the Lord has given you. So we're gonna play a little game. We're gonna play a little game today. All right, I'm gonna break down this and I want you to try to guess this person in the Bible. Okay, first one. This person was a murderer. But some of you might say, hold up, this person murdered someone and it was justified. This person saw one of his people getting messed with. One of his people that was in slavery. And he came and he beat the brakes off the person. I don't know if he beat the brakes off the person with his fist. If he picked up something, he hit him. But bottom line is he killed this person. He was given a second chance. I want to see if you can guess who that is. All right. The second person. This woman was a promiscuous woman. She was giving up all her goods for a couple dollars. Or maybe back then, maybe she was giving it up for a goat or some cheese or something like that. I mean, she was giving up. She was a prostitute. 
promiscuous woman giving up all her goods and ended up being in the line of Jesus' family, like Jesus' great, 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 great grandmother, something like that. Did she deserve a second chance? Another example is this, a corrupt, powerful leader who happened to be a womanizer too. And on top of this, he also had a man murdered. Did this person deserve a second chance in your eyes? How about this fourth one? This person, I would say, was arrogant, racist, and they should know better because they were a religious leader. They were a prophet. And God still gave them multiple chances. And the last example is this. This is a person who persecuted people for living out the truth. A person who persecuted people for living out the truth. And in fact, when they were persecuting people and having people killed, they thought they were actually doing the godly thing. All right. Now, let me see if you guess these people. All right. The first one talked about the murderer stood up for his people. I was talking about Moses. Did you guess that? All right. Second person, the promiscuous woman giving up her goods. That was Rahab. Third person, corrupt, powerful Ruler who was a womanizer also killed a man. Remember, he did the cover up. He had Uriah. Hey, say this. Uriah didn't get the sign. And had Uriah killed because he went and took his wife, had sex with her, ended up getting her pregnant. Whole cover up story. He was given a second chance. Arrogant, racist, religious person. I'm talking about Jonah. Remember, Jonah was like, Lord, I am not witnessing to these people. I'm going to go the exact opposite way of where you want me to go. And God was like, Jonah, get your butt back here. Had a fish end up swallowing him, spit the, spit him out, and then he went and told the people to repent, and they actually repented. And Jonah was heated. He was so, so mad about that. Or how about the last one? I'm talking about Brother Saul, a.k.a. Paul, the dude who ended up writing almost like half the New Testament. Half the New Testament books are written by Saul. He was given a, a second chance. Now, I want you to think about this. When you heard this, were you like, this person does not deserve a second chance? Or are you thinking like, yeah, okay, they, they can get another chance. What were you honestly thinking in your head? And what I've noticed, especially like with the first one, we talked about Moses being a, a murder, murderer. People are okay with that or like, all right, you can get a second chance if it was actually for a justifiable cause or I deem it as a justifiable cause. So he's standing up for his people. That's a, That's a good enough reason. Or sometimes people are like, you know what, you can get a second chance because you know what, I have actually murdered somebody. But let this be someone who's had to experience a loved one being murdered, a loved one being taken away. A lot of times they're like, no, that person does not deserve a second chance at all. They have, there's no way they can earn the forgiveness. There's no way they can do that. Think about the second example. Um, I think it's really, really tough. If you are a virgin and you like, how did this person get so many chances? Or if you feel like you have deemed yourself uh, of meeting a certain expectation from a sexual standpoint, you're like, oh, OK. But if you are a person who's like, you know what, I've had sex or done sexual things I shouldn't have done before marriage, they can be more forgiven in that light. Or if someone who's like, man, I've actually um, stepped out on a spouse or stepped out in a relationship, I can I can forgive this person then. It's tougher when we can't see ourselves in that situation. Now, that, that third one I talked about, King David. If you have ever felt like people are constantly abusing power and you sick and tired of it, it's going to be hard for you to forgive. It's going to be hard for you to be like, that person deserved a, a second chance or not. If you have ever thought like, you know what, I have abused power, then you like, I, I'm more willing to forgive. 
Sometimes that's that's what it comes down to. But I know it's super tough for those who feel like they have been taken advantage of those who think that, you know what? I have never, ever I would never, ever abuse the power if I had it. That's a lot of times what we think in our minds. And sometimes we're looking crazy like I don't like this second chance story because this I can't relate to this. I cannot relate to this at all. The fourth example, we talked about the prophet Jonah. And I think it's easy for people to be like, all right. I love this second chance story because there have been times where I have been prejudiced or I have been racist or I have had one of these is like sexist. I have prejudged people or not wanted people to be forgiven. And thank God that yeah, he didn't listen to me in that regard. If you know that you have been hypocritical in that way, you more like, OK, that's OK. But if you are, let me say, if you are church hurt, meaning like you feel like somebody in the church has wronged you or didn't be there for you when they should have been there for you, you most likely are looking at Jonah and be like, man, he should not be forgiven because he's supposed to be a man of God. He's supposed to be a person of the church. I don't love that love story. I don't love that second chance because you like, I can't relate to that because I would never do that if I was supposed to be a man of God or a woman of God. And when you look at Jonah even more, think about how you would respond if God said to you, because you've had plenty of racist stuff happen to you. Hey, go talk to this KKK group. It's Black History Month. You're like, hold up, Lord, I, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. These people, they deserve it. They deserve what they have coming. And we can end up being just like Jonah in that regard because we like, I can't relate. Or we look at it and say, man, I don't even want these people to repent. I don't want these people to change. I want them to get what they have coming. And for some of us, it would be if God said, hey, go speak to this LGBTQ group. Some of us would be like, no, I don't want them to repent. I don't want them to change. That's when we're being just like Jonah. And when you think about Saul, if you've ever had something happen to you that's been racist or, or prejudiced, a lot of times we're like, yeah, I don't think he Saul deserved a second chance, but God definitely gave him one. And sometimes we look at ourselves and say, you know, I, I'm better than this person or I'm better than that, or I never do that, or I never would do such a thing. Like I've never murdered anyone. And then you got to just start asking yourself the question, like, have you ever had hatred in your heart? Or when I talked about the promiscuous woman example, have you ever looked at a woman lustfully? And a lot of times we are not being real with ourselves. And we're thinking that we have some way, some way or shape or form played a part in us having salvation. And it's like, no, you haven't. It is a gift. And when we realize that it helps us look at second chance stories a lot different and realize that we can find relatability with every single second chance story. But I just want you to think about how many chances do you think that you have been given? Do you still love those second chance stories when you don't feel like you can relate? Now, I just want to look at this. I want to look at this because we should absolutely love. We should love, 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 love second chance stories. We should love this. We should love the Bible and how merciful and, and gracious our God is because you got, you know what? We all need it. Like none of us are deserving of God's grace and God's mercy. And we should love this. But a lot of times what we have to do is we have to take ourselves out of the situation, take ourselves out of the picture. We have to truly look at some of the things we did. Like, I don't even want to tell y'all some of the stuff that I have done. I, I don't want to. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. But thank God that he has washed and renewed me. Now, I want to look at 2 Samuel verse 12, because we should love our God giving us chances. But in order to do that, we have to view ourselves in a way 
different lens. Like, and we have to see how far we miss the mark of perfection. Cause it's not like if you sin one time, you're still good. If you have 999 sins, you're good. But if you have over a thousand and anyways, you got over a thousand, I got over a thousand. It's not what it says. It says be perfect. Not one mistake, not one sin, not one wrong. You break one, you break them all. Look at second Samuel chapter 12. And look at what the prophet does to King David. We're going to use him as the example because King David was one of them people like, what? This man did what? Hold up. He doesn't deserve a second chance. It says, then the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to David, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. Now, the prophet Nathan, he is setting up a story to show David how awful he had been. He's setting up a story to let David know, like, okay. You're going to see how awful you have been. So what did David do? You got to remember, David did the thing where he committed adultery with another man's wife. He got her pregnant. He tried to have the dude come back. He didn't want to have sex with his wife because he's like, oh, my brother's out at war. I'm not going to do that. This brother was upstanding and righteous. He's like, all right, I got to go to plan B. He's like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I get this man killed. And he came up with a whole uh, plan to get him killed. And look at what it says. Look at what what King, I mean, not King, look at what the prophet does. Look at the story that he paints. He says the rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle. He's talking about David. But the poor man had nothing except the little ewe. Ewe lamb he had bought. That's a female lamb. He raised it and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. This is how some of y'all be with y'all dogs, but that's a whole nother topic. Okay, so he set this up to show David how greedy and evil he was. David already had multiple wives at the time, but the point was like, David was like, I got to have another one. Look at what verse four says. It says, now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the female lamb that belonged to the poor, poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. Listen to David's response when he heard what this rich man did. So this rich man got all this sheep and cattle and he goes and takes one little lamb from the poor man. Verse five says, David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. So David's like, bro, he should die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then check out what Nathan says, because Nathan, Nathan did a great story right here. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord said. The God of Israel says, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. So Nathan's like, bro, you to do you, you mad at him? You should be mad at yourself because that's who I'm talking about. That's who I'm talking about. And I just think about this and I don't tell you this story to to point fingers at David and say, look, look, David, David didn't deserve a second or a third chance. It makes me just think and, and look at myself and say, I am a product of second and third and fourth chances. And what I've come to realize and what I've come to do is just praise God. Like, I thank God that I am elected, that I am that I am called, that I am chosen. And some of you are like, well, how, how do you know that? It's because 
I have faith. I have faith that Jesus Christ is my savior and has given me salvation. I have faith that his sacrifice is full and complete payment for my sins. I have faith so I can be arrested short. Now, look at what Ephesians chapter one, verse four tells us. It says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So when you think about that, praise God that he called you, that he chose you, that he loved you so much to elect you, to predestine you and adopt you. Like, that's a blessing. Like, that ain't because of me. That ain't because of you. So sometimes I look at this and sometimes people ask the question, well, why? Why did I get picked? Like, why me? And some people would be like, you know what? God knew that I would listen to him. Or, you know what? God knew that I was going to be better than this person. Or God knew that I was going to be better than that person. And that's not the reason. Like, God's grace and mercy is for everyone. You are called because he wanted to call you. And sometimes we try to explain it in a logical way, but it's, it's not really for us to explain or to try to um, put a logical stamp on. It's to look at his word and see what he actually says. Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, how God gives each and every one of us second and third and fourth chances is different than maybe how you and I should give chances to, to people. Because sometimes we think that we are God. And sometimes that's why some of us are getting ran over. And I'm going to give you a, a few examples. Like, bruh, if she cheated on you four times, it is okay for you to move on and to, to forgive her. Like, we can't move like God in that way. Um, I think about if somebody has never, ever paid you back and you didn't loan the money 72 times, let's go 77 times. It's OK for you to say, you know what? Know what? You know what? I know I'm not loaning you any any more money. I look at if a person has hurt you three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times and they always run back saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. It's like you, you did mean to. It's OK to distance yourself or not allow them to have access to you. Like you sometimes people would be like, you're supposed to be a Christian and you're supposed to forgive me. You are supposed to forgive me. That don't mean you have to go and run around and be around the person all the time. And I just think about a few passages that kind of tell us that first Corinthians 15, verse 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts, corrupts good character. Or about Psalm one, verse one. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So you don't need to be around this mess. You're blessed when you're not around this mess. Or how about second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Yoked is like a binding partnership or relationship. It says for what do righteous and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? So we don't have to be around these people. We, we can't move like God. We are, we are not God. We, we, we are not God. Now, when you understand and you appreciate and, and you love the fact that you have been given everything that you have been given is good and is because of God and you have been chosen. You have been chosen. You have been called. You have been elected. That allows you to view people differently. And for me personally, I, I'm not as disgusted with people. Like sometimes you look at people like, oh, you disgust me. I can't stand you. 
But when you think about this, like you, you have been called. You are here because of grace. You are in the position you are because of grace and mercy. It allows you to look at people completely different, completely different when somebody doesn't get it or somebody is lost. There's also this thing that there's this this type of security and, and hope and peace that I have when stuff just happens. And it's like I'm good. I'm good because God is not going to let me go. God is not going to let me go. God has called me. God ha has chosen me now. Sometimes when people know that they are chosen or elected, sometimes people think like, I can just do whatever I want to do in life. And it's like, why do you why do you want to play like that? When you are obedience, obedience allows God. Obedience allows you to get to know him and allows you to experience his absolute best. And don't you want to experience God's best? So that's one of the main reasons to be obedient in that aspect. And it also lets you show love to God. When you, when you hear that, listen to what Luke chapter 11, verse 28 tells us. It says he replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Or how about this? This allows you to live by the spirit when you are obedient and you are walking in the spirit and walking that path. Galatians 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Like, don't you want to have some of these fruit instead of be walking in the world and then be greedy and angry and always looking over your shoulder and anxious? Like, that, that's not the way to live. But but God can give us his God can give us these things on earth right now. Sometimes people think like, I'm going to have a bunch of money. That's not what they're saying. Sometimes it's an eternal thing, internal thing that, that can be given to you. And it's a certain peace. It's a certain hope. It's a certain security that you can have from doing things God way and getting his absolute best. And I just want to wrap this up and give you one closing thought to think about. Do you love second chance stories? You better because you have your own personal second chance story of love that is so beautiful because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Think about that. Jesus has called you. He has elected you. He has predestined you to be in his family. And that is beyond beautiful. And that's because of his grace and his mercy. So we got to love these second chance stories because you and I, as sons and daughters of God, are products of this. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me in this episode of Do You Love Second Chance Stories? Make sure you share this with a friend. Make sure you let them know how they are loved by their Lord and Savior and what he has done for them and how they are secure and have that hope. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.